0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb, coming at you from Eureka, California, joined in Syracuse, New York, as always, by Michael O'Neill. Howdy, Michael. Hey, David. Boy, this is really a good show, Michael. I'm really looking forward to this one. Before we dive into it, I want to remind our viewers and listeners that if you're watching us live on Facebook, share this on your own page or any page that you may manage. If you're listening to us on a podcast, share this podcast. Our audience continues to grow. And with a hat tip to Gil Scott Heron, the revolution may not be televised, but it can be brought to you over sources of non-corporately filtered news information and analysis. And our guest tonight definitely knows that to be the case. Ron Placone is a comedian. He can be seen regularly on the Jimmy Dore Show and the Young Turks. He hosts the world's first viewer curated streaming show, Get Your News On With Ron. He's been on XM. He can be seen on TMZ and RT and Free Speech TV. And of course, now the pinnacle of his media uh, conglomeration is on a green way forward. Ron Placone, welcome.
1: Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Good to be
2: here.
0: Thanks. thanks. And Michael, I'm going to turn this one right over to you.
2: Thank you, David. Uh, so, Ron, I've been a big fan of yours. Uh, I've, you know, first came to uh, know you through your work on the Jimmy Dore Show, and you're that kind of. I, I listened to the podcast mostly for the Jimmy Dore Show. Okay, and uh, you know, your voice kept leaping out at me as like, wow, that guy's he's a really funny, and B is always coming in with like the best points, and and of course, there are many Thank great. You. Con- you're very welcome. And there are many great contributors on that show. Steph Semerano, the miserable liber- liberal is great and other guests, but you really stood out. And so I started following your Twitter feed and uh, started checking out Get Your News On with Ron, your uh, live stream during the week that you do on YouTube, uh, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But basically, I've been stalking you. And so <laughs> uh, so thank you for rewarding my stalking by coming on our show. Uh, oh, thanks so much for inviting me. I was stoked for the invite. Fantastic. So we want to pick your brain about uh, what you're doing with the Progressive Comedy Tour, uh, what you're doing with uh, your live stream, and also pick your brain a bit about where you see uh, third parties, grassroots parties, and the Green Party in particular in the political landscape this year and in 2020. And Totally. Uh, so let's get right into it. I would love to know a bit about your background in comedy. Uh, how long have you been performing in comedy? And has your political perspective always been a major uh, part of your comedy voice?
1: Yes, it has. I uh, I was really into politics before I got into comedy. I kind of got bit by the bug in 2004 because I was a college freshman and uh, some of my friends who signed up for the ROTC to just uh, do a weekend a month to help pay for college, were getting shipped to Iraq. Um, They never thought they would see combat or anything like it. They were actually opposed to the idea that the war was going on, but they got shipped over there and uh, they didn't really have a say in the matter. Uh, So I wondered why the hell they were over there. I wondered why the hell my cousin was over there. Um, it didn't make any sense to me why we were there before that. I wasn't really paying attention to politics. I was just a high school kid who was concerned about skateboarding, punk rock and getting girls to like me. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't know why we were there. And I read a little bit about the Bush administration and I read a little bit about some guy named, uh, by some guy named Noam Chomsky. And, uh, <laughs> there was actually a council for media reform group on campus Uh, they screened the documentary outfoxed and, uh, then it was sort of off to the races. So I, I started paying attention to politics from that. I mean, the Iraq war was my big, a lot of people, they have that retort, you know, that event that, that kind of just jolts them awake. Uh, for me, it was the Iraq war and I started kind of framing my own views and, you know, pretty quickly I I realized that I wasn't necessarily represented on the ballot that much, um, and as time you know, as time moved forward, I, I grew more and more disconnected from the Democratic Party that I was told was my option as a as a left, you know, as a left person, but uh you know, I didn't really feel like they were a great option. Still don't. And uh yeah, so I started doing comedy after all that. I started comedy uh oh seven. So uh, it's been a couple minutes, but I was really into politics, and part of the reason I got into comedy was because of, you know, George Carlin and Bill Hicks, people like that. Um, So I always just talked about politics. I didn't really know what I was doing at first. Um, You know, I would just have some dumb George Bush jokes and thought I was being insightful. Uh, I like to think I've grown a little bit deeper since then. Hopefully I have. And, yeah, I, uh, I was a road comic for... Five years full time. I lived in my car for a little while. Um, eventually, I decided it was time to come to LA, and I did and uh, started working with Jimmy. And uh, that pretty much brings us to today.
2: Well, the Iraq war, you know, a lot of your material on the Jimmy Dore Show and what I hear on your stream, uh, you know, you're talking about that, and especially in relation to today with uh, all the warmongering going on against Venezuela. Uh, all the interventions and the bipartisan support for imperial adventures overseas. Uh, so that definitely comes through. Um, David, 2004 was a pretty big year for you. What were you doing then, just for Ron's sake? <laughs>
0: Well, as a matter of fact, uh, Ron, I was the Green Party nominee for president in 2004. But you'll be forgiven uh, because uh, you probably didn't know that because the corporate media studiously avoided it. And you probably don't know that I was the first Green Party presidential nominee to actually get arrested trying to merely go on to a college campus where there was a presidential campaign uh, or presidential debate taking place. I will tell you this. When you kept asking yourself, why are we in Iraq? It doesn't make any sense. It's actually pretty easy. It's called the oil, right? Like once we understand why, it actually does make sense. Now, it sucks, but why the neoliberals and why the uh, the ruling elite took us to Iraq, it, it's pretty obvious.
1: Right. No, no. I mean, and, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I grew to understand. Right. As, an, as an 18-year-old, I, I didn't know that. Uh, right. and I was like, and, why, why, why the hell you? are we over there? And then, you know, and then I read about, you know, I, I started reading basically. And I discovered, <laughs> oh, this is this is we should not be there. This is nonsense. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I'm with you. And I, I did not know that about you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, cheers. I, I I think it's, um, I'll say this to maybe uh, bring a more positive spin on college campuses in the Green Party. Uh, and I think Jimmy did a video about this. But when I I was touring a lot of colleges in the 2016 election because I was billed as kind of a political act, so you know usually election years are the only time I would get booked. Basically, <laughs> um, that's still the case, I think. But uh, but I was on a campus in Missouri, and you know I would always get asked. I would do a Q and A after. I would always get asked, "Who are you going to vote for?" And you know it's always my prerogative whether or not I want to answer that question. And in 2016, I did answer it. Um, and I said, I'll be voting for Jill Stein. Uh, I live in California and, and I actually think it's my duty to, um, you know, try to stop the Overton window from shifting so far to the right and to, uh, you know, stand on a principle. Uh, so I'm voting for Jill Stein. She's the best candidate on the ballot. Uh, I live in a safe state and, uh, that's where I'm going to vote. Um, you know, I'm not telling you guys who to vote for one way or another, but, uh, you know, that's why I'm voting for. And I wasn't sure what I was going to get. I got applause and people standing up. So That's fantastic. Uh, you know, so, and it was pretty, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of weird that, I mean, not weird, but it was, uh, I guess, uninspected that it was that much in unison, you know? A pleasant um,
2: surprise.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it was like pretty much everybody. But, uh, so it, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I I can honestly say, too, in 2016, um, you know, I've had this experience, and other comedians who were doing a lot of colleges then too had the same experience. Um, we saw a lot of excitement about Bernie Sanders. We saw a little bit of Donald Trump. You know, there were some people that were for Donald Trump, there were some Gary Johnson folks, there were some Jill Stein folks. Uh I did not see one sign for Hillary Clinton.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: not one, I'm not I'm not even like I'm I'm a hundred percent serious. I didn't see one sign. For her, so I, I think people are, are starting to wake up to, um,
2: oh. you know, new ideas and third parties, and they're and they're tired of the duopoly. Well, Ron, obviously, Russian special operatives snuck onto campus. They and did. Took away they took down every Hillary, Hillary, Hillary signs. <laughs> yes,
1: that's right. They that, they had a hell of an operation. They they would get all the kids drunk on their vodka and then take all the Hillary signs down. There were there were tons of them. They got them all, and they were like, "Okay, mission accomplished. We got all the signs," and then they left. That's. I, I didn't think of that, but thank you for correcting me.
2: Well, Russia Gate and the Trump derangement syndrome that has followed from twenty sixteen is something that we've talked a bit on our show. Uh I mentioned to you before we started, both myself and David worked on the Jill Stein twenty sixteen campaign. And you tend to pay attention to these things when you're accused of being an accomplice to treason and uh you know <laughs> being a part of a you know a foreign conspiracy. And so the Jimmy Dore show uh, and uh, some other reporters like Aaron Maté and and uh, Matt Taibbi and uh, other reporters who've been critical and skeptical of the Russia Gate narrative have been able to do a bit of a victory lap in the last week uh, since the Mueller report has, at least the summary is indicating, and that there are no indictments against Trump or his family that the the Russian Gate the Russia Gate conspiracy fantasy was just that a fantasy. Um, Are you looking forward to a post molar media landscape in terms of your contributions to the Jimmy Dore show your own live stream? Are you looking forward to talking about other things?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I try to talk about other things. I mean, I I personally did one clip on the subject, and I and I talked about uh uh Glenn Greenwald's mic drop moment because I, I felt like he dropped the mic on the whole situation better than I could. Uh, so I kind of talked about what he said about it. I thought he did a, he did a fantastic job on Democracy Now, kind of summing up what all of this was, um, you know, and but it's continued to be you know to just kind of rehashed and recycled by the corporate media. Because this is kind of their Super Bowl moment. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is they saw this as an opportunity to really fluff their ratings for about three years. Uh, they took advantage of it. They used kind of the breaking news syndrome, right? Breaking news, we're going to get them this time. We're going to get them this time. Then The walls are closing in. 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 It's a very uh, intensified, longer version of what happened with the MH370 flight, if you remember that. where the Malaysian plane went missing, they kept saying breaking news and you thought it was breaking news that they found the plane. Then you would click it and they didn't find the plane. It was just four people like pontificating about where they think it might've landed playing with model airplanes. It it was, it was grown adults playing with model airplanes. That's what it was. But for a couple days, they saw this big spike and that helped their ratings level for the entire year when they calculate the average and when they decide what they're going to charge advertisers. So Russiagate was that amplified by a lot. And if you would take the time to read the six paragraph of pretty much every article that was ever published, you realize that a lot of this was just conjecture and speculation. Uh, I dislike Trump as much as anybody. Um, if there was a smoking gun there, I'd be listening. But as this unfolded, it, it seemed like I don't see how that's going to be the case. And now it looks like it's not going to be so you know, I'd love to say, well, now the media is really going to focus on policies and they're really going to focus on <laughs> ideas and it's going to be, but it's not. They're just right. going to look for the next Super Bowl moment. I think the media structure in this country is so toxic, it should be illegal. Um, the ironic thing is, though, if it wasn't so terrible, I might not have the job I have. So, so it's, a weird, it's a weird thing to balance, you know? I mean, it, it's good for business, but it's terrible for the, for the world, not just for our country, but for the freaking world. Um, so, so let's yeah. talk
2: about the, the media outpost that you are carving for thoughtful, progressive people. Uh, get your news on with Ron. Uh, you live stream it on YouTube. It's a pretty unique format. Can you describe the Get Your News On With Ron concept for our audience?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i actually naturally a really lazy dude. And uh, I thought, I don't want to have to pre-plan a show. How can I avoid pre-planning a show and make it sound cool? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but that that is the, the premise of the show is people tweet me what they want to talk about. Um, and the reason I, I do it that way is because... I just like this idea of getting your news on uh, with a community of like-minded people. It's pretty depressing looking at what's going on in the world all day, every day. Um, So I thought, well, why not do it in a more communal way where people can kind of be like, hey, I want to talk about this. And then I I kind of look at all the stuff people send me each morning. And then I kind of, you know, I can't get to everything. So I I, I try to be as fair and democratic and and structured as I can. And But I pick out, you know, what we're going to talk about. I tweet it out right before the stream starts. And then we literally kind of unpack it together. And it's fun and it's visceral. And sometimes people send stuff that's a horribly written article on purpose because they want us to kind of dissect it and uh, shred it. And it's uh it it's just a fun way to explore different ideas, and we we go from climate change to the Green New Deal to um, electoral politics to causes and issues. I'm a I'm a big net neutrality municipal broadband advocate. We talk about that a lot on the show, and um you know because again we were talking about this some off mic. If I just harped on and on about electoral politics all show every show. I'd go nuts personally. Uh, It would probably be better for numbers, but I would go nuts as a person. So I I like to talk about causes. I like to talk about initiatives and alliances because uh, A, I think that's the only way the revolution is going to happen. And B, uh, it's just more interesting to me. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the viewers and listeners of Get Your News On With Ron feel that way, too, because we've talked about it. So so that's what Get Your News On With Ron is all about. Come
2: join us every Monday through Thursday, 10
1: a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern.
2: That's right. So you, people get to actually read the news along with you. And then you also yeah. have a, a Reddit where people contribute article ideas in advance as well.
1: Yep, what? the best way to get it to me is just tweet it to me at Ron Placone, or you can use our Reddit subsection, which is just Reddit.com/slash/r/slash/get your news on with Ron. I am admittedly not great at Reddit. Uh, somebody else set that up for me, um, but I know how to, you know, scroll it, and I know how to get the articles. So, uh, so I'm slowly catching on. I'm waiting for somebody to invite me to do an AMA. Uh, once that happens, I will hopefully inevitably get better at Reddit. But uh nobody's invited me yet. But uh, but I'm available. If anyone wants to invite me to do an AMA, I'm available anytime.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure there's lots of Reddit overlords who are watching this stream. Uh and uh, you know, they'll your your inbox is gonna be lighting up very soon. So I hope so. Uh, we'll we'll please. do our best to I, I've never the word. I've
1: never got asked to do one before. They seem really cool.
2: I'd love to do one, so now, you've talked about uh, the Overton window on your stream. You've mentioned it once in this uh, stream. Uh, David, I know, has some questions. He wants to ask you about kind of where you see third politi- party politics fitting into the, the larger political sphere. David, it's all yours.
0: Well, thank you for the uh, introduction. And Ron, I got to tell you, whenever I uh, heard you start talking about o- the Overton window as a comic, I said, all right, this dude's smart. Uh, And so before we get into it, I want you to describe for our viewers and listeners who may not be familiar with that topic. uh, How do you describe the Overton window? And then let's uh, let's go into it a little deeper.
1: Well, I, I like to put it this way. You know, when I'm if I go somewhere else in the world in most of the industrialized world and I describe my political views, I would probably be described as, you know, on the left here in the United States, I'm described as watch list. Uh, and that's basically the Overton.
0: <laughs> that's good. I'm going to totally steal that line, by the way. That's good.
1: Go ahead, buddy. But that, that's the Overton window. So the Overton window is kind of how we talk about our politics and what we view to be, you know, the appropriate kind of uh, kind of range of conversation and uh, this whole idea that, gee, it's the pipe dream. For the United States to have the type of healthcare system that every other country like them takes for granted. Uh, That's a pipe dream. No, it's not a pipe dream. We can have a single payer Medicare for all system in the United States. That's actually not unattainable. And wanting that doesn't make you some crazy radical leftist. In fact, in other countries, uh, the Conservative Party favors a universal system. I mean, I tell people, look, over in the UK, in many issues, the Tories are to the left of the Democratic Party. And and that's just factually true. But when it comes to healthcare, at least, they're to the left of the
0: Democrats. Um, So you've mentioned mentioned the duopoly a a couple of times. You've talked about the two-party system. So I'm going to push you a little bit on how does this two-party system or the duopoly tend to influence the Overton window in this country?
1: Well, when we call it the two-party system, and and we both know this, we're preaching to the choir, but when we call it the two-party system, we're being generous, uh, really at the end of the day, it's the money party. Uh, and so they cater to the needs of the donor class, um, to special interests, to big oil, um, to big pharma and, you know, something else people don't talk about enough. And this is the whole, uh, I'm a big net neutrality, municipal broadband guy to big cable. Um, that's who both parties in this country, uh, cater to that's who comes first and you know we don't hear about that enough because the media caters to the same people. so that's really what has a stronghold on our politics and that's why our Overton window is just so far to the right because these special interests are uh, are to the right that benefits them the whole uh, complete deregulation of the banks, the deregulation of any type of protection for workers. That helps them. So we have this, you know, fringe right-wing country that doesn't reflect the people that live here. Um, You You know, know, it's
0: funny because when I I hear people talk about the liberal media or or Mm. the left media, I say to myself or uh, say to anybody who will listen, look – the corporate media is just as liberal as the rich bastard to own uh, the media, right? Like, like it, 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 you just don't hear that. Now, uh, I want to let you know, at least on this program, you're lighting up our comments section. Uh, m- much of it we're already covering uh, as it is. But I do want to let you know that Damon writes in to say, hey, Ron, bring your guitar on your show you got some math skills, so Aww. that's something that uh, we we had not actually built in uh, to the program. So I just want to let you know you uh, you got some fans,
1: Damon. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I used to do more guitar on on Get Your News On with Ron live, but uh, sometimes it would uh, the sound wouldn't come through great on the stream, and I, I was trying to work on it, and also. I'll be totally honest at 10 in the morning, my time, sometimes my vocal pipes just aren't quite up for singing. I'm, I'm, you know, I played punk rock in high school and some in college, so it's not like I'm a great singer anyway, but uh, you know, I'd feel a little hoarse that early in the morning, but I I appreciate that Damon very much. And uh, you know, I I will have some music stuff, uh, you know, coming through.
0: Folks, you're watching and or listening to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb, joined by Michael O'Neill. Our guest today, Ron Placone. Ron is a comedian first and foremost, but he's also a political analyst who can be seen on The Jimmy Dore Show, uh, and he hosts the world's first viewer-curated streaming news show, Get Your News On With Ron. Uh, We're going to drop that into the link time and time again to make sure uh, and encourage you to go and check it out. You know, Ron, you've mentioned on this program and on the Jimmy Dore Show that you actually voted for Jill Stein. I've heard you talk about the fact that one of the reasons you did that was trying to get the Green Party to that magical 5% so we could qualify for presidential campaign grant that's worth tens of millions of dollars. However, I don't know if you've actually followed H.R. 1, the Democrats' proposed Reclaim Democracy bill but it literally eliminates the 5% threshold as well as replacing a current matching funds, basically quintupling the amount of money that it takes uh, for us to qualify for matching funds. Do you have any reaction to that? Because I got to tell you, almost nobody's talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally,
1: that that was, you guys did bring that to my attention. I, I did not get a chance to read this particular bill myself, but um, I mean, well, as a recent
0: some odd pages. So you're forgiven.
1: I appreciate right? it. What but it? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, there's so many. And, and we can talk about a bunch of other for instances where, you know, the Democratic Party. It's so ironic that uh, Democratic is in their name because they are anything but that. Uh, I mean, just recently, the D triple C pretty much went against any anyone challenging incumbents. Um, they went against, uh, now if you're a consultant,
0: I I just got to stop you there, Ron, because like you, you and Jimmy did a fantastic bit on this, right? Only it's not a bit. It's like, wait a minute, we're told we have to stay in the democratic party. Uh, but then for those progressives who stay in the democratic party, now you're not even allowed to primary corporate Democrats. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, up is down, war is peace, ignorance is strength. I mean, it's Orwellian.
1: Yeah. I mean, one, it's one of those things too. And and I'm not trying to begrudge anybody for the approach they're taking. I I have friends in the green party. I have friends that have chose to Dementor and, you know, I think everyone's heart's in the right place and, you know, I don't know exactly how things will unfold, but you know, for me personally, Hey, I'm a comedian and, and I think it was, uh, Uh, one of the Marx brothers that said it, look, I don't want to be in a club that wants me as a member. (laughs) So uh, I certainly don't want to be in a club that doesn't want me uh, as a member. And the democratic party sure as hell doesn't want me as a member. Uh, They do not want progressives in that party. And you know, when, whenever people say, Oh, well we can't, we haven't had a, a new party since the Whigs that had any type of power. And it's like, okay, well we also haven't seen wealth inequality at this level since ancient Egypt. So, History repeats itself. Sometimes it takes a minute, but um, I think it's time for, for a new party. It, it's time for a new way. It's same whether that comes through people green entering, whether it comes through a brand new party altogether. I don't know exactly, but uh, but I, I think it's time. I, I, I think the time for the Democratic Party is, is over. I support progressives, no matter what's next to their name, but um, but uh, I, I do think it's time for for the Democratic Party. I'm, I'm just.
2: I think you uh, make some some important points Ron because on this show we do try to make a distinction between the rank and file progressives who are in the Democratic Party who are doing their best and then the Democrat corporate elite leadership which does everything that they can to strangle and stifle and smother those efforts for reform from their own membership. And yeah. and so you know like I'm a green I'm all in on the green party and building that uh, so you know folks who uh, who are well-meaning progressives I might disagree with them on their tactics or strategy but they are not our enemy and of course. Uh, and as as David likes to say uh when they come around to the green party and they will we believe they will uh we will not say we told you so we will just be welcoming with open arms <laughs> and uh, I want to ask you about um when you look at the green party whether it's locally or in California or across the nation what do you see the Green Party doing well? Or what about the Green Party drives you crazy from an objective perspective?
1: Okay. I mean, I don't know if i say there's anything that drives me crazy, per se. But um, I think that, um, well, I'll start with the things. I mean, first of all, policy-wise, I, I am most in line with the Green Party. I mean, the, the Green Party represents my views on the environment. I mean, the Green Party founded the Green New Deal um thank you you know and and you know I, I mean that's why you know you talk about how oh, I voted for Jill Stein because you know I the Overton window and because I wanted to help the Green Party get five percent and because I live in a safe state all that is true but the thing that is also very true and I'm not just saying this because we're on her Facebook page I'm saying it because it's the truth she was by far the best candidate on the ballot mm-hmm. by far I mean I mean you know, I, I tell people. Look, if we lived in a different country where we had these four choices and everybody knew nothing about any of the candidates and was just told a synopsis and then was told what each candidate stood for, I think Jill Stein would have won in a landslide. Uh, if you look through, I mean, imagine a world where it's like you don't know who Donald Trump is, you don't know who Hillary is, you don't know who Gary Johnson is, and you're just told a summary like, okay, so this person's uh, been doing politics for uh, a long, long time now, uh, is not able to raise their poll numbers. Every time they speak, people like her less, um, has gotten every almost every major vote she's had wrong, uh, especially the Iraq War, and uh, you know, as part of a new neoliberal era of the Democratic Party that brought it to its knees – uh, this next person is a game show host who has no business being in politics and was just <laughs> born a millionaire. Uh, this next person thinks we can run healthcare like an Uber app. Uh, and this other person is a Harvard-educated doctor with a plan to eliminate student debt, a plan for the environment, and a plan for healthcare. Which one are you going to vote for? <laughs> who would not pick the Harvard-educated? You know what I mean? So so she was also the best candidate on the ballot. So, So I think there's a lot of great uh, out of the box ideas coming out of the green party. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, structurally, I've certainly noticed some issues. Uh, you know, there, there's no denying that, um, in California in particular, and, and I don't want to, I like everybody involved. So I, I don't want to like, uh, you know, uh, single anybody out, but what I noticed in California, and I think this was just a matter of limitation of resources, there were a lot of great candidates that I felt didn't get as much put behind them as they should have gotten uh, because there was one candidate in particular who was also great, who I also liked a lot uh, that had the best chance. So I kind of feel like everything was kind of funneled into uh, that one particular candidate. Uh, And I think that was just kind of a uh, limitation on resources, which I get, but uh, you know, That can be frustrating. You kind of think, gee, why don't why isn't there more resources for the Green Party in a state like California? And if things are so limited in California,
2: how limited are they uh, throughout the country? Um, You know, that's a big question. And it's a strategy question we tackle almost every week on this program. And when we solve it, we'll we'll let you know. Uh, and, <laughs> well, I, and yeah. i'm not asking you to solve it oh, tomorrow i don't
0: absolutely. think it's something
1: any of us have right. the answer for tomorrow i, I just yeah. think it's something that that's going to take time that's going to take effort and it's going to take uh more shows like this honestly like like getting the word out and, and turning more people on um and one thing i will say and you know this is not uh not that this is kind of like a uh a total all-encompassing this is the state of the green party but One thing I will say, if I'm being totally honest, with the Progressive Comedy Tour, we invite different groups to table. We invite movement for a people's party. We invite the DSA. We invite the Green Party. uh, And we invite different progressives running for office. You know, We don't discriminate on approach people are taking as long as they're uh, like-minded on the issues. We want everyone to come together because we think that if everyone comes together and laughs and enjoys a comedy show, maybe they're going to shake hands and they're going to meet and they're going to talk and they're going to think, hey, how can we really form a movement that's too big, uh, to be silenced and how can we really start taking back this country? Um, and I think, you know, as we talked about a little bit off mic too, that's not just going to be through electoral politics. That's going to be through movements. That's going to be through coalitions. That's going to be through cause-based initiatives. Uh, and it's going to be through alliances formed right in your own backyard that is usually exempt from any type of political party one way or another. So, uh, so anyway, We invite all different groups. Um, The DSA, they got it together like clockwork. They show up religiously. They know how to table like they are machines. They put me to shame when I set up my merch table. Uh, Movement for a People's Party, same scenario. Green Party, I'll be totally honest. They seldom, if ever, get back to us. Um, And one time we got a response from uh, a member that said, hey, I'm sorry, I have yoga class that night. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, forgot to forward this off to anybody else to see if they were interested. So, uh, you know, I not that that means everything, but in my experience, if I had to pick a group out of the three of those groups that I just mentioned, who, uh, based on tabling at the Progressive Comedy Tour, has it together the least, I'd have to pick you guys. I'm sorry. That's just the honest truth.
2: The honest truth is welcome here. And that is a wake up call to greens across the country. We got to step up our game. And uh, you know, you I,
1: guys are always welcome.
2: You know, every which is every great show. You guys are welcome. Well, you know, the Greens, uh, we had a reputation back in the day uh, for, you know, carrying around ironing boards to register people to vote. And, and that, that was like a big part of Green Party culture. And so that's something that we need to revive. And we, there's a lot of different ways that we need to get back into the streets and be seen being green, as I like to say. Now, you have just given me an amazing segue, just lofted right over the plate, the Progressive Comedy Tour. That which, was my goal, so... Great job, <laughs> which uh, you uh, perform with Graham Elwood. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, you posted East Coast tour dates. So East Coast folks, look for that at ronplacone.com. How did you come to work with Graham Elwood on the Progressive Comedy Tour? And what has the reception been like, especially when you're performing in places like Salt Lake City, Utah, or Fort Worth, Texas?
1: Well, we haven't been there yet, so... Uh, oh, okay, so those are so upcoming. Let you know once You'll let us there, know. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'll I'll do a summary of tour dates later. But we're we're going to uh we're going to Texas next. Well, this month now because today's the first. But we're going to Texas uh, later this month, the twelfth through the fifteenth. We'll be in Fort Worth. We'll be in uh, San Antonio, Houston, and Austin, and then uh, May we're doing Salt Lake City and Boise, uh, and then June we're doing the East Coast. We're doing New York City, Boston, uh, Philadelphia, New Haven, Connecticut, DC, Baltimore, and. So how that came about, you know, what we do is we do one region a month typically. So we'll do because, you know, Graham and myself both work on shows in L.A. So we can't be traveling for too long of a time, um, which I like. I mean, I kind of like just doing a couple nights, you know, doing some longer stand up sets, focusing on the comedy tour and then coming back home. Uh, I kind of like that. So, So it's been working out for both of us. How it came about was actually a a guy named Josh Pegg, who was a regular "Get Your News On" with Ron uh, listener, and he sends a lot of articles and he's in the chat a lot. Uh, Early on, when the show was very small and it was basically just a uh, basically just a YouTube chat room with me and six other people, (laughs) when when it like began because it used to be I I didn't have a schedule because it was so like uh, like I just wasn't able to final solidify a schedule, so it was just whenever I would I would just tweet whenever I was doing it basically. And uh, he brought up that, hey, Ron, I really like it when you and Graham are on panel together. You guys are so, you know, I, I like the camaraderie you guys have. Uh, why don't you guys do more stuff together? And I, I got a kick out of it. I was like, I love Graham. That's funny. I took a screenshot of, of it and I texted it to Graham just kind of as, a, not necessarily as a joke per se, but just kind of as, oh, isn't that cool? Someone feels this way. So I texted it to him. He didn't text me back. He called me. And he goes, yeah, man, we should do a (laughs) stand-up thing. And I was like, yeah, we should. So we thought, let's call it the Progressive Comedy Tour. Let's try it out, see what happens. We did something kind of in our own backyard. Our first run was in uh, Tempe, Arizona. Uh, Because when you think progressive, you think Arizona first. Oh, every time. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I love Arizona. you know. But what we did, we wanted to do close. So we did Tempe, Arizona. We did Lake Havasu, which is a random stop, but there's a really fun room that a friend of Graham's runs in Lake Havasu. So we did that. And then we did Vegas. And then we did uh, San Diego. And we knew we were up to something when we just did these, uh, you know, we did this small little black box theater in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we sold it out. Uh, and uh, Amy vallejo showed up. Uh, she was running for, uh, I think, Nevada's fourth at the time because this was before uh, before the election um and there was another progressive candidate named Michael Weiss that showed up and uh a couple different groups showed up uh and people were hanging out. The meet and greet was very long, everybody was excited we were there and we kind of thought we're on to something. We did the Southeast after that, where we did Nashville, Louisville, Asheville, North Carolina, uh Atlanta, Georgia, and uh what was the fifth Huntsville, Alabama. Uh we sold out Louisville and Asheville had solid attendances in every city and we kind of thought okay we're on to something here so we've been uh we've done a region a month pretty much since then we did northern california we've done florida we did the gulf last month which was really fun and uh yeah so we're uh, we're trying to do one region at a time we're trying to go as many places as we can and uh it's been a really positive experience so far and i, and I hope it continues
0: Well, you know, Ron, I'm really grateful for what you're doing too, because as a leftist who has a sense of humor, I really get pretty tired of the kind of dour, like, you know, uh, approach that others take. It's not how human beings actually are motivated. Uh, And to me, one of the things that I know is that you know you've got a movement on your hands when it begins to manifest in art and culture, not just. you know poetry and and songs, but in comedy routines. When it starts to show up in dance, so like I, I, like I'm not being sycophantic to you. I'm really grateful uh, that there are people like you, and Graham, and Jimmy, and others who are beginning to to take a unabashed leftist perspective to their art and culture work. Well,
1: so, I, I appreciate that very much, but and uh, yeah, there is that sort of uh there is that stereotype that lefties don't have the the biggest sense of humor in the world. But I, I feel like that's uh, slowly going away, and, and and rightfully so, which makes me happy. And I feel like, I mean, you know, I will give a shout out to the Green Party. I mean, you guys, uh, you guys had Jello Biafra as uh, you know one, one of the first big greens, and, and that guy's got a sense of humor. So, so he I, 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 I appreciate the role you all played in, in trying to you know dismantle that. Uh, That negative stereotype.
0: Jello, of course, ran for mayor uh, in a clown suit as a green. And Ah. you just said y'all. So, you know, when a a Pennsylvanian says y'all makes me happy. Look, Ron, the time just flew by. I do want to give you a chance for final thoughts and especially let folks know how they can plug in uh, uh, to the work that you're doing, not only on your tour, but also uh, on Get Your News On With Ron. Sure. So
1: final thoughts. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, first of all. Uh, Thanks for all the stuff you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, you know, I I guess I'll stay in the theme of the Progressive Comedy Tour because I I feel like it's kind of summarizes my thoughts on where we're at. You know, we do get, um, you know, the Greens haven't been totally responsive about tabling. I've mentioned that. But we do get a ton of Greens uh, in our audience. You know, I notice at least a handful of Green Party T-shirts every show we do. I notice DSA shirts. I notice uh, Movement for a People's Party shirts. I notice uh, people supporting various candidates. Uh, the thing we all have in common is that we want a, a more progressive country. We want a country where people can go to the doctor regardless of their ability to pay, where people get a fair wage for their work, um, and and I think people are really starting to come together uh, and see the need for real quote, radical change in this country. I put radical in quotes because really all we're asking for is the type of stuff that Canada and the UK and Norway and Switzerland and Denmark and other countries like that take for granted that's all we're really asking for. And we're the richest country in the world. California has the fifth highest GDP in the world. Yet somehow we can't get a railroad to go from San Diego to San Francisco. Somehow we can't pull that off. Somehow we can't ban fracking. Somehow we can't uh, do all these things. And I think People are hungry and they're thirsty and they're waking up and it's going to take a little bit of everything. It's going to take a little bit of electoral politics. It's going to take a little bit of uh, coalitions. It's going to take alliances, kind of like what Gail McLaughlin did in Richmond, California, where she got a progressive alliance that told Chevron to go get packing. Uh, I think the power is local. It's going to happen from the ground up. Um And, you know, another thing I'll say on behalf of the Greens, you know, people like to make it out like uh, the Greens. Oh, they do nothing except for run for president every four years. That's not true. The Green Party is organizing locally. And I applaud you guys for that. And I hope that continues. And uh, this is the time where people need to just kind of get in the lane uh, and do their thing. And uh, I'm lucky that my lane is just being uh, an asshole comedian who just kind of (laughs) says what's on his mind. I enjoy that lane. I couldn't occupy any other lane. So I'm glad that's my lane. And I applaud everybody for picking theirs as well. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for doing what you do. And as far as get your news on with Ron goes, hey, it's a fun time. It's basically a group of people that get their news on together. You can tweet me articles at Ron Placombe. We stream live every Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. Pacific time, unless otherwise noted tomorrow. I I got a guest host, aggressive progressive. So when I get called into certain duties like that, uh, you know, we skip a stream, but generally Monday through Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern 10 a.m. Pacific time, people tweet me ideas. We get our news on together. We usually start off with a topic too, where we talk about it. Um, Green entering has been a topic, for instance, um, and you know we we talk about different causes, whatever. Uh, on Mondays, we do music Monday, so we have a music topic on Music Monday. This particular day, because today's Monday, we focused on uh, Robert Smith had a viral moment. I don't know if either of you guys are Cure fans, but I'm a huge Cure fan. And uh, he had a viral moment recently. We kind of got a kick out of it, so we talked about that. But anyway, that's Get Your News On With Ron. It's in a podcast form as well, so you can subscribe to the podcast if you want to learn more about what the show's about, because the podcast is a summary of what we do each week. Uh, so you can just get that to get your news on with Ron pa- podcast, wherever you get podcasts, RonPlacone.com has all my tour dates, listeners in Texas. We're coming to you real soon. We're going to be there later this month. Salt Lake city, uh, uh, Boise. We're going to be there in May. I'm going to be in Indianapolis. That's just a solo show, but I'll be in Indianapolis May 1st. Uh, you can get info on all my shows at Ron, and tickets are available and infos available. Uh, any LA folks, I do local stuff all the time.
2: Hit me up. And, uh, yeah, thank you, guys for having me. Thank you, Ron. So much for coming on the show. We would love to have you back on again. Uh, all the links that you just mentioned are in the chat, and we will include them in the show notes for this episode. Uh, I'm really grateful uh, for you to you know be out there speaking truth. and uh, you've certainly uh, helped make a lot of uh, afternoons for me uh, a lot brought a lot of laughter to me, and I know a lot of activists, a lot of organizers and campaigners who need more laughter in our lives. So thank you for that. I appreciate that very much, man. Thank you.
0: And I'll join Michael with thanking Ron Placone for coming on as a guest. Thank him for the work that he does. I want to thank Michael O'Neill for executive producing this show as an unpaid volunteer. But most importantly, I want to thank you, the viewer listener. Remember that it takes all of us to make this work. Don't stop. Keep fighting. Whatever we do, we know that we can do it together. Peace.
2: A Greenway Forward is broadcast live on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time from Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page. Subscribe to our podcast and e-newsletter at agreenwayforward.org to make sure that you never miss an episode. You can also find us and rate us on iTunes with more podcast platforms being added each week. Our theme music is Retro Future Dirty by Kevin MacLeod, whose fine music can be found at InComptech.com and is available for use under a Creative Commons attribution license. This is Michael O'Neill for David Cobb reminding you to please spread the word about A Greenway Forward and to send us your thoughtful questions and comments to agreenwayforward at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.